You know, I, I, I'm going to talk about a topic I still hadn't got over the last sermon uh, and Easter all during that month, the preaching of the Word. And, and I preached a sermon that it, you know, that it, you know, about victory and, and, and about how when he said it was finished, it was finished. And I got home, and I don't know if you realize or not, but when you preach, brother, uh, for all you that have preached the Word of God, and, and when the Spirit of God uses you, we're just feeble men. And, and, and I can tell you, I get home finished preaching and I'll be zomped. I mean, I, I will be wiped totally out, uh, more so than if I was going to swing a hammer for eight hours. And you don't believe that? Uh, it's the true as the truth it can be because there's so much going on in your mind. There's so much that you're seeing. But, Pastor, you know full well. And I went home from the last sermon and I went straight to bed. And, and the Lord wouldn't let me sleep. And, and, and these thoughts started coming in my mind about what all happened at Calvary. And, and, and I started writing, and, and I wrote for a little while, and then I went to sleep. But that's how the presence of God works. And, and so this morning, I'm going to be speaking on a topic, press in to the presence of God. You know, I asked the youth a question today. I said, how are you in your walk? Are you pressing in, or are you getting closer to God? Boom, boom, all the heads dropped, boom. And I imagine if I asked the question today, are you close to God this morning? I mean, have you been walking with Him and talking with Him? And do you consider yourself close to God this morning? I'm pretty for sure there's a lot of adults here today that would do the same, have the same response that some of the youth had. That would drop their head and say, no, I'm not as close as I would like to be. And that's what I love about young people because no matter how much they aggravate me, no matter what they put me through, no matter how many times I have to say, hey, 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 to get their attention. When you ask a question, they're so honest. They're so honest. I asked a serious question this morning. I asked how many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? <laughs> Gracie came back with a great answer. She said probably one because it would scare them and the elephant would have a heart attack. So, thinking about this, where are you at in your walk? Man, I speak to the youth. I can't make anybody in here serve God. Pastor can't make anybody in here serve God. We can't make anybody in here get closer to God. We can't change anybody's attitude. We, we, we can't forgive anybody's sin as far as, as, as the, the forgiveness that they need. We can forgive people, but we can't forgive them. We're not the ones that can forgive them of sin. We just preach the word. And we rely upon the Spirit of God to move upon our lives. And, and we just preach the Word, and the Word falls, and the Spirit of God moves when that Word falls. And the Spirit of God causes growth in the heart. Look around. How many can say the Spirit of God's been moving here at the Living Water Church? So we're going to talk about pressing in. And let's see if I can do this. Ha-ha. I did it. All right. And mine won't work, and I got notes over here on my side, so I have to do some things. So... You know, Paul said this right. He said, I press toward the goal to win the prize which God hath called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He said it right. I, I press forward. And, and I hope this morning that when we're finished with this, we're going to see what Christ did at Calvary to help us to press forward, to, to, to move on. And, and if we're not going forward, then, you know, we're, we might be going backwards. Or we might just be kind of staying in one spot. And, and we have to be careful about staying in one spot. Sometimes God would rather us be cold or hot. 
Are you following me? Cold or hot, sometimes when you get to that lukewarm stage, that's just not a pleasing place that you want to be at. And so we see that God calls us, and Paul says, listen, I press on. And everything in me, everything in me, I want to press on. I want to press on. I mean, I, I want things to always be pointing forward. I can't tell you, I can't sit here before you and say every day of my life, I'm pressing toward that high mark. Sometimes I get sidetracked. Sometimes things happen. You know, I mean, there's things that go on in our lives and it, and it distracts us. But I'm going to show you something this morning, hopefully in the Word of God, that helped us. And I wanted to share this because when you think about the word press, press means to pursue, to pursue. I want to pursue the presence of God. How many wants to pursue the presence of God? I mean, there's nothing like the presence of God. I want to pursue the presence of God. I pursue the presence of God when we worship. I pursue the presence of God when I'm in my study, when I'm sitting there studying. I'm pursuing the presence of God. I pursue the presence of God when I'm driving down the road. I want to be in high pursuit of the presence of God, and I hope you do too. So we're going to go back to Calvary, and we're going to look at something that happened. I had a video I could have showed, but it, 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 I just don't know how to do all that. And so uh, we're going to have to get smarter than that. And so, so I want to talk this morning, and I want to show you something what Christ did on Calvary. Now, there's a veil, right? And I got to thinking about this after preaching uh, a few weeks back. There's a veil in the Old Testament when they set up the sanctuary, when they set up the new sanctuary, when you set up, when you go to Solomon's temple, it was destroyed, and then you go to the Cerebral's temple, and then you go to Herod's temple. These temples were set up, but they all follow the pattern of God, and there was a veil, and, and, and it's rich in history, and a lot of Bible bu uh, uh, buffs, they go back in the Old Testament, and they try to make the Old Testament, you know, you know to, 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 to uh, uh, they show you in the Old Testament that it was all pointing towards Christ. And, and it is. And so the veil, it says right here, uh, separated the holy place from the most holy. Exodus 26, 33. Screened from view, the ark and the cherubim are in the temple. The ark and the chariot throne. We are told that only the high priest entered the holy of holies once a year on the day of atonement. Once a year. Once a year he would go in on the Day of Atonement. Now this was the Old Covenant, right? Once a year they'd go in. And this priest would go in and he would intercede on behalf of the people. He would intercede for them and, and, and he would talk to them. And if the priest came out, it was like everything was all right. It was accepted. But if, it, if, it, but it, but if he didn't come out, some, some say, some historians tell you that they had ropes around them. They'd tie them, they'd drag them out. The Bible does mention in one passage about that. So they go in once a year. And I begin to think about that. I, I got to thinking about him going into the presence of God once a year. Do you reckon there was a lot of people in the courts that day, that once a year, that wondered what it was like to be in the presence of God? To be in the holy presence of God. But they couldn't. There was a veil. There was a veil, a covering, if you will. It separated, if you will, the people from God's holiness, if you will. And so we go on. There are several mentions of the Day of Atonement. In the Bible, many of the references are found in Leviticus. You can look in Leviticus. It's rich with this. 16 in Leviticus 23. Atonement is where humanity is reconciled with God from sin. 
You can also look into this. You might want to look if you're doing some studying. I'm not going to preach on that, but you can look at maybe 50, the 50th year. You can look at, you know, that 50 number, and that was the Jubilee year, that 50. Uh, that, that, that means a whole lot in uh, uh, biblical history. So when everything had been arranged like this, the priest, did it all make it up there? That's a lot of notes. Uh, uh, everything had been arranged like this. The priest entered regularly, and I'm just painting a picture to you, into the outer room to carry on the ministry. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year. And never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins of the people, and committed in ignorance, the Holy Spirit was showing by this the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. The first tabernacle is not still functioning. The Spirit of God don't live in a tabernacle. Come on. The Spirit of God lives inside of us, right? This is an illustration for the present time indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. The they are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremony washings, external regulations, and pine until the time of the new order. I'm just going to show you a little thing. You can't see that really well. Just a lot of things. But there's the, 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 the inner courts. Uh, 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 and then there's the, the, the veil that's, that's separating them. Then you got the outer courts. And, and so you see that's what it would look like. And, and they design their temples like this as well. Uh, when you talk about, uh, you know, uh, Solomon's temple, you talk about Zerubbabel's temple, you talk about Herod's, it was similar. So Matthew 7 states this, and here's where God began to speak to me. So it says this right here. And when Jesus had cried out, now you picture him on Calvary, a great loud voice, he gave up his spirit, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, the tombs broke open, the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Don't get me talking about the resurrection of people coming out of the graves and talking to people in the holy city because I don't really know what that looks like and I don't have a clue. But I do know one thing. I know that this type of resurrection is going to happen again one day, right? It's going to happen, and a dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are remaining will be caught up with them. That's what I do know, and that's all I need to know. I don't want to get focused and bogged down, because if you come to me and throw hard questions to me about the Bible, about nine times out of ten, I'm not going to be able to answer them anyway. Because if you're having to ask me, man, you're in, you're in trouble, right? You're in trouble. So we see this. He's on Calvary. This bell, and this is so important for us to grab a hold of this morning, was torn from top to bottom. Top to bottom. It's a powerful thing to happen because the veil separated. It separated mankind from the holy presence of God in one sense. In one sense. Now, there's still times in the Old Testament where men and women, and it's always been this from the beginning. It's always been this from the beginning. Men and women who have heart for God, they could get close to God. But there was a separation when it came to setting up the temple. Something about a veil that was placed there to separate. Maybe it's something, remember, like Adam and Eden, Eve. Remember when they discovered they were naked? They, they, that's what they did. They put a veil. They put clothes on themselves. They put clothes on themselves to, to, to they won't know one to see 
who they really were, what was going on. And that's what veils do. And so watch this. Now, uh, go backwards. Okay, Hebrews 9.10. Now, the first covenant, and, and, and I'm going somewhere with this. If you just bear with me, I'm just building. And I'm going to get going. My engine's going to get running. Now, the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up. In its first room with a lampstand, the table with its consecrated bread, this was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, which had the golden altar of incense, the golden-covered ark of the covenant. This ark contained a good jar of manna, Aaron's staff that had budded, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark where the cherubim of the glory overshadowed the atonement cover. But we cannot discuss these things until in detail now. When everything had been arranged like this... The priest entered once regularly into, I mean, priest entered regularly into the outer room to carry out on their ministry. So Hebrews is writing about this. Now, everyone shout, but when Christ. But when Christ. Let's do it again. But when Christ. Oh, I love it. Something happened on Calvary. The old is going to be done away with. The old pointed towards the new. It was fulfilled, if you may. It pointed towards the new. And when Jesus was on the cross, and when he was hanging on the cross, and when he gave up, and when it said that hour, when that veil was torn from top to bottom, there was great significance behind that for you and I as a believer because of this right here. Hebrews 9, 11, 14. But when Christ came, as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle. That is not made with human hands. Mm -mm -mm. What what are they talking about? They're talking about, man, he's directly in heaven, man. He's in heaven where we're wanting to be, where we're going to worship. Think about this. Uh, This is to say it's not the part of this creation. It's always been, right? This place where he went. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered a most holy place once and for all by his own blood. By his own blood. Mm. Thus obtain eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and ashes of heifers sprinkled on those who are ceremonial unclean sanctified them so that they, they were outwardly clean. How much more then with the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God cleansed our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Woo! Now, I don't know about you, but there's not a veil that separates me anymore. There's not a veil that separates you anymore. You don't have to have someone speak on your behalf of God any longer. You can go directly to the throne of God. You can speak directly to Christ on the throne of God. Friends, it's not a great high priest. It's you. So many of us still today are hiding behind the veil, and we want pastor to do the speaking. We want pastor to do the teaching. We want pastor to lead in God. But you and me, we are called to press in. We are called to press in to the presence of God, to enjoy the presence of God. That means I can go directly to the throne of heaven and I can talk to God because why? What Jesus done for me, I can give it to him. I can go directly and not feel ashamed. There's not a veil. I don't have to worry because Jesus, when he said it was finished, as I talked a few weeks back, it was finished once and for all. So you're struggling maybe with bitterness. Jesus said it was finished. I've conquered it. 
You're struggling with a bad attitude? Jesus said, it's finished. I've conquered it. You're struggling with drugs? Jesus said, it's finished. I've conquered it. You're struggling with sex outside of marriage? Jesus said, it's finished. I've conquered it. Are you getting the picture? It's been defeated. When Christ said it was finished, when the veil was torn, we are welcome into the presence of God, but so many times we don't want to enter in. We don't want to enter in. We want to stay outside of the presence of God. Sometimes you see people who worship. You see Brother Mike get carried away. Man, he's entering into the presence of God. And you may say, man, that's not for me. I don't know why he does that. Enter into the presence of God and you might figure it out. Hello? You might figure it out. God may take you to heavenly places you've never been. I think as pastor was preaching about the Holy Spirit, we're so scared sometimes of the move of God that we talk ourselves right out of being in the presence of God. You get to a point in life, hopefully somebody say amen, you, hopefully you get to a point in life that you really just don't care what anyone thinks. Yeah, you just want to worship the Lord. You're not, because why? The veil was torn from top to bottom so mankind could enter in and say, here am I, God. Pastor never can make you enter into the presence. I look at our youth. This morning was a tough, they were a little rowdy this morning and they get on your last nerve sometimes and I don't have a whole lot of nerve. And... Uh, and sometimes you just want to choke them. You ask yourself, why am I here? What am I, what am I doing here? And it, it was just, it was a rough thing. It's like, man, these people, they talk all the time. And, and I mean, it's just, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just, whoo, my. <laughs> I can't make them serve God. And parents, neither can you. Hello? Parents, you can't make your children serve God. You can put rules and regulations on them all you want. And that's a good thing. They need it. And when they break the rules, there's consequences. But you can't make them serve God. You can't make them have a heart for God. I can't make the youth have a heart for God. I can't make the youth worship God. I can't make the youth to say, you know, walk the way that I want you to walk. But I sure can live it before them. I sure can show them how. I sure can just worship God. I sure can enter in the presence of God because the veil's been torn. And if I become the example, if you become this example, parents, I mean, you teach them what it's like when you enter into the presence of God. I'm here to tell you, your youth will be changed. It's not going to be changed by force. Just as the pastor can't change none of you by force. It's going to be done by the hands of the living God. Amen. So you look at this. This this great sacrifice, unblemished. He went before us. And all the requirements that God the Father had. All the requirements that that, that you could expect from heaven. was Was met by the blood of Christ. Was met. There's nothing else. That can be any greater. There's nothing else that can happen that's going to do anything else. I mean, that's going to gain God's honor. To gain God's attention. It all was accomplished at Calvary 
when the veil was torn. It has always been, mark this down if you're writing, it has always been from the very beginning that God wanted mankind to enjoy his presence. Always. Always. That was his goal for mankind to enjoy his presence. So, the purpose, the purpose of the veil being torn. Christ entered into heaven, the true temple, to be our representation. Christ shed his blood to be a sacrifice once and for all for mankind. Christ gives mankind a clear conscience, forgiveness of sins. Christ gives man, Christ, I should have said, gave man direct access to God. You have direct access to God this morning. You have direct access Monday morning to God. You have direct access Tuesday morning to God, Wednesday morning. I mean, the access has been made. He's paved the way. You can go straightly to the throne room of God. And I'm telling you, some of us need to go to the throne room of God. Some of us need help, right? I can't make this. I told the youth this morning, you're a bunch of weaklings. None of you can live this life on your own. We need a Savior we need a Savior. We need someone to help us. We need someone to guide us. I said, what if, young people, what if your parents came home tonight and said, no more rules, no more regulations, just do what you want to do? How would you end up? Once again, Gracie said she'd be dead. I don't, I don't know where she's at, but she said she'd be dead. And, of course, we know where they'd be. They know where they'd be. They'd be lost. Direction. So the purpose of the veil being torn has great significance because we had the access. But for some reason, we want to stay behind the veil and not enter into the presence of God. Do you know what keeps us from the presence of God? Sin. Sin keeps us from the presence of God. We're no different. We, we, we still want to live outside the veil. We want it to be separated from God when we sin. See, we want to be separated from God because God's screaming holiness, holiness. It's just his whole demeanor. It's just who he is. It's everything about him. If you look him up, he changes not. I am for the Lord your God. I'm the Lord your God, and I'm holy. I'm holy. He can't change who he is. Once God stopped being holy, he wouldn't be God. Right? Once God told a lie, he wouldn't be God. Once God stopped loving, he wouldn't be God. That's who he is. But we're no different than Adam and Eve. We want to hide behind veils, especially when we sin. When we sin. Because when we sin, if we don't realize that God's screaming, God's screaming the way to us, come unto me. God is screaming the way, ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness, come to me. Get, lay that sin down, I'm here for you. He's screaming, but what do we do? Sometimes we, a lot of times we just push away because he's holy. He represents holiness and we push away and we act like there's a veil there and that veil's in our mind. That veil's a scheme of the enemy. That veil's not there. The veil was torn once and for all. When Christ said it was torn, it was torn. When Christ said there's a way to heaven, there's a way to heaven. There's direct access to the throne. 
So, so, so why do we do that? Why do we sit and, and listen? I mean, listen, if you, if you have a bad attitude today, if whatever your problem may mean, if it's your tongue or whatever, I mean, you're hiding behind that veil. You're allowing that to separate you from the presence of God. And you will never enter in. You'll never pursue his presence. You'll never press in. And you'll never receive the great victory that God wants you to live. Think about it. Man, we can get pumped up at church, right? We can get pumped up. We can get pumped up when Cheyenne's singing. We can get pumped up. And that's great. That's why we shouldn't forsake this thing ourselves together. I love it when we can come together and worship, don't you? Come on, man. Don't you love worship, Dan? I can tell. I don't know about you, Pastor Cheyenne. I can tell the moment that service starts. You can sense it, what kind of service it's going to be. And a lot of times, it kind of go. if you're not careful, it'll go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because people come in here, people come in here, and they haven't been enjoying the presence of God all week. What if, what if every one of us left today and pursued the presence of God I mean, with everything in us all week long, what do you think service would be like Sunday morning? It'd be some shouting, wouldn't it? I'm telling you, you would see some dancing. You would see some hands up in the air. You would see people worshiping because once you enter in the presence of God, you can see God. You can see his attributes. You can experience his attributes. You can experience his love, his mercy, his grace. You can experience the spirit of the living God. But not to enter in just to leave here Sunday and then just live your life the way you want to live. It's like, hmm. I remember one time at Branch when I was pastoring. Shine, I don't know if you was one of them. If you was, I'm old. I don't even know where you're at. Where is Shine? She here? I can't. I don't have my glasses on. And, uh, I mean, y'all are a blur. Uh, did, was you with one of the youth when we took them to the Tijuana dumps? When we took, nope, she didn't go. Okay, so we, we worked. There was a hell storm that came through. Me and my partner, Chuck Olam, we we. Got a lot of houses. There was like, I don't know, 20, I think, that we picked out. And we was going to rent a bus and go from Max Creek, Missouri, all the way to, uh, to Denver. I mean, not Denver, to Pagosa Springs. Do a service there. Go from Pagosa Springs all the way to Tijuana Dumps. From Tijuana Dumps all the way up to Tahoe for something. I can't remember up in that area. And then come back. I do not recommend you taking 30 or 40 youth that far. I do not recommend that, but I remember something about God and the way he moves. We got our bus down to San Diego. I knew the pastor there. I used to be youth pastor in San Diego, California. They met me with a bunch of vans, and we took the van of teens to the Tijuana dumps. Now, how many has ever been to the Tijuana dumps? Nobody. Oh, we got one over here. Now, when you go to the Tijuana dumps, Lisa, you tell me if I'm wrong, but you pull in in the vans, and you pull in, and there's just mounds of trash, mounds and mounds of trash, like mountains of trash, and they had these little roads. We pulled in, and kids started coming out from these dumps. That's where they lived. And I watched my teenagers' heads dropped one at a time. Those were the best kids for two or three days. 
What are you laughing at? You ain't no different. You've experienced some great services here just to walk into a mess on Monday. To become a mess on Tuesday. What keeps us from staying in there? What keeps us from, from just pressing in? It's sin, God's people. It's sin. It's sin. When you, when, when you, when you talk about pressing into the presence of God, you've got to want to. Man, you've got to will that thing. You've got to want to. Everything in you, you've got to want. You've got to want to see him. You've got to, and so many of us are afraid to see God. We're afraid to get too close to God because why? God is a revealer. And when we get too close to God, God reveals who we really are. God reveals what we're going through. God reveals the sin that we're still dealing with because we won't let go. How's that working out for you, by the way? How's it working out in your life when you try to be boss and you don't let go? You come in here to get a little satisfied on Sunday? To get a little peace on Sunday? Man, I'm here to appeal to you. You don't have to be satisfied on Sunday and that's it and wait till next Sunday. You can have Sunday, how, how many, six days, seven days a week, right? You can have Sunday all the time. It's about pressing in. It's about entering in. And I think it's why it's so powerful. And I think that's why worship is so powerful. Even in the church service, it's so powerful, Cheyenne. Worship is powerful because it's a ministry. It deals with the heart and the emotions of people inside of them. And it draws them. We can forget about these outside walls. And we come together and we just want to worship God. We want to press in and enjoy what he has for us. Boy, that's a great thing. That is something that's so powerful that we can enjoy. So five ways to press, in, press into God's presence. Man, number one way, come clean. Come clean. They probably would not speak as freely as they do to Victoria and I, to the parents, or to this congregation. But there's one thing I've noticed about the youth. If you ask them a question, you're going to get an honest answer. They're going to tell you what they're struggling. I asked the question, May 21st of last year, are you better? Are you closer? Are you, are you, are you in there pursuing God greater than you was last year? Mom, Dad... Are you closer to God this year than you was last year on May the 21st? If you're not, don't expect your kids to be. Hello? If you still had the same attitude that you had all your life, guess what? You're teaching your child to be just that way. I hate to tell you, if you're going to come to this church and you're going to be a Christian, no matter what I say up here, you're still going to have to love me. Or you ain't going to get to heaven. <laughs> Come clean. Get rid of the veil that separates. Whatever that veil is. Is it something that you battle with in your mind and you just can't get over it? You don't want to be that way. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be that way. But you find yourself being that way. And not only do you hurt yourself, you hurt everybody around you. Because the veil has not been torn yet. 
There's a veil that's keeping you from entering into the true presence of God to experience the living presence of God. Nothing like it. Nothing can replace it. What are we going to be singing in heaven? Look in Revelation. You did well, Cheyenne. Holy, holy, holy. Don't listen. Come clean. Get it out. Don't keep carrying it. It's beating you. It's beating you up. It's wearing you out. It's causing you not to enjoy life. It'll cause you to get right out of this church if you're not careful. It'll cause you to get out of the presence of God. Come clean. Read Scripture out loud. Oh, my goodness. Just, just to read Scripture Whatever you're struggling with, whatever it may be, if, 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 it's, if it's you're that kind of person that, man, you just look down on everybody, you look down upon whatever they say, whatever they do, you're always watching their actions, you're watching their actions. You ever met somebody like that? They're just watching the actions of people, and they're so critical. Man, you've got a veil between you and God. Your critical spirit needs deliverance. Because when I look at you, I look at you as the people of God. I look at you as the children of God. I don't look, I don't snoop, I don't snoop in the youth group. I don't look, I don't try to weed things out of them. Let me tell you something, God does that. And if God chooses by the Spirit to lead one of them youth to talk to me and Victoria, then me and Victoria better be on our A game and we better be able to minister to them. Man, read Scripture out loud. Begin to quote that Scripture. Begin to quote whatever you're dealing with. Whatever you're dealing with, and you know it. I don't got to ask you. You know it. Whatever you're dealing with, find Scripture and quote that Scripture out loud, out loud, out loud, out loud. And I'm telling you right now, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the Word of God will stand forever. No wonder we should be quoting the Word of God. And this ain't some quote that you just read off a piece of paper. This Word of God is living, the Bible says. It's active, the Bible says. This Word of God will come back and fulfill its purpose. Quote the Word of God. Memorize some scripture. Quote the Word of God. Whatever you're struggling with, quote the Word of God. Number three, sing praises unto Him. Oh, man, just worship Him. Now, I can't sing. So I'm not going to sing out loud. But when I drive, and it's the only place I do it, or in my study, in my study, I sing. I don't sing in the shower because Victoria would hear me and she'd laugh at me. (laughs) I sing when I drive down and I'm in the car a lot. Drive about 40-something thousand miles a year. So I'm in the car a lot. And I sing. I let it rip. I'll sing in my study. And Mike, I tell you what, the angels just love it. <laughs> they just rejoice in heaven with me. Come on. They don't care if I'm singing in right accord or whatever. You know, a good musician will drive you nuts anyway because they're, such, they're, just, they're just perfectionists. Hey, watch them. They'll play with a guitar and they'll try to get in tune. Oh, this don't sound right. Man, just let it rip. You don't got to be professional. Just let it rip. Sing praises on him, worship all through the Bible in the New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament. When people were singing praises, God was moving, things were happening. Worship is key. So if you want to get beyond that veil, begin to sing praises to the one that you want to see. Say his name out loud. 
Everyone say Jesus. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. Mm, there's just something about that name. When they were singing earlier, something about the name. Try it. Try it. Whatever you're dealing with, and it's getting the best of you. It's beginning to wear you out. From the depths of your heart, inside of here, say, Jesus, I need help. Jesus, I need deliverance. Jesus, I don't want to be this way. Jesus, I want to enjoy your presence. You paid the wave. You said when it was finished, it was finished. When the veil was torn, Jesus, there's no separation between you and I. Say, Jesus. Mm. Say it again. Say, Jesus. Pray, communicate God by speaking and listening. I've started this prayer thing, and it's, uh, I, I can't see, I don't know who all's here, but there's many of you have talked to me about my prayer list, and many of you have come to me and asked for prayer. And I had a lady come to me today, and, 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 and the dear sister came to me, and I have it written down. That's the only way I do it. Excuse me once again. I don't know everybody's name in here, but, but I do know this. Don, you're my brother. You're my sister. I have a lot of brothers and sisters in here. Heck, I, don't even, I can't even get my own name, my own kid's name straight. I, I named every one of them T. I named them Tessa, uh, I mean Tamara, Tessa, and Tegan. And when they did something wrong, tick, 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 tick. One of y'all get over here. <laughs> don't ever name your kids with the same leather, right? But she came to me, this dear lady came to me the day. And she had asked me to be praying. This one lady that was, was, was losing her sight. She was going in to uh, do a procedure. And... Don't thank God, don't answer prayers. This is, what get, this is what keeps me going. She came to me this morning and said she's not going to lose her sight. Mm. Mm. I pray for her every day since she's told me. She's been on that list. I've been faithful on that list. I read those names every day. Every day I read those names on that list. And when God answers it, I write it down. Don't tell me God doesn't want us to enter into his presence. Don't tell me God won't do great things. I'm here to tell you he's still the same as he was yesterday, today, and he'll be the same tomorrow. God is a moving God. God wants to deliver you. God wants to touch you. God wants to help you. And God wants to answer your prayers. Come on, musicians. God wants to help you. God wants to help you. God wants you in his presence more than you want yourself in his presence. I promise. God wants you to draw close to him. Didn't he say, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. We're talking about the creator of the universe. We're talking about the one that always has been. We're talking about the one that wants us to enjoy his presence. What veil do you have that's keeping you from enjoying the presence of the living God? Are you going to sit there this morning? And are you going to allow that veil to remain or are you going to get up and say, man, I want to enter into the presence of God. Come on, prayer team. I want to enter into the presence of God. I want deliverance. I've been carrying this too long. I've been acting this way too long. My attitude needs to be changed. I'm telling you, this addiction needs to be changed. I'm telling you, I need help. How many wants to enter in as the prayer team as they begin to pray? I'm going to pray right quick, and then I'm going to invite everybody to come forward. Father, I come to you. I come to you by way of Jesus. 
Lord, I come to you because the veil was ripped from top to bottom. And therefore, God, I can come to you. I have direct access, just as the people here have direct access. Lord, I know there's some deliverance that needs to happen this morning. I know, God, that people need help this morning. I can't give them that help. I'm like, I'm like, I mean, I'll tell you, I'm not, God, I, I'm just like Peter and John at the gate of temple. Silver and gold have I none. But what I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus. Arise and walk. Lord, that's all I can offer. The help that I can offer this morning is you. So, Lord, the rest is left up to your spirit drawing people to a place of prayer. I pray this morning that you won't allow a veil to remain between you and Jesus. Won't you come? Won't you come to an altar of prayer if you need help? Won't you come quickly? Don't sit there and let yourself talk, talk yourself out of it. Won't you come? These altars are open.